Hi everyone, Matt here. The current book we're reading is Peter Pan and we started it in episode 15. So if you haven't been listening to the podcast so far, I suggest going back to episode 15 so that you know what's going on. If you're brand new to the podcast, I'd say go back to episode two where we read Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and you can binge all the way from there. Thanks. Welcome to the Lazy Book Club podcast, the book club for those who don't want to read or leave the house. My name is Matt Gonzalez. Oh, I'm second, aren't I? Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm David what are you Cox, waiting for me for? Yeah, know, that's, that's the bit you need, yeah. <laughs> and I'm Josh Matheson. And this week we're looking at chapter 15 of Peter Pan, which is... Hook or me this time. And I keep doing it in a pirate voice because I can't do an Irish accent. (laughs) They're not a million miles away. It's fine. (laughs) Can you do it? Because then you can do it in Peter Pan's voice because it's it's in quotation marks. Okay, so it'll be hook or me this time. There you go. See, it has a certain ring to it when it's done in the voice of the character that's kind of saying it, really. (laughs) Yeah. So last week, we were on the pirate ship and we were kind of hoping that it would be the fight and the the battle between Peter Pan and Hook, the final battle. But we just kind of ended up going through, well, it's a bit of a history of Captain Hook, really, didn't we? We found out he went to Eton. We found out that he's obviously a very upper-class, good-form, good-man kind of person. And he's just worried, worried about what everyone thinks, considering he's just, like, one of the most famous villains. Yeah, he was pretty much just having an existential crisis, wasn't he? He was he was having a bit of a crisis of ego. Yeah. But now there's no Peter Pan. What is my life? Yes. So I so I, I was being stage, but I was so like he's so Javert in like a, yeah. <laughs> he is like, going to jump he? off a bridge in. in he's Paris. dedicated his entire yeah. Life. No, take my flight. Du, 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 du. She's going to jump to a, a trap door. Well, the boys were given an option. Hook said that he had two cabin boy positions open and they were given a choice to either walk the plank or join his crew. And all of them have chosen to walk the plank. And we Mm. finished the chapter with Peter Pan making the ticking noise of the crocodile and Hook starting to kind of wet himself at the thought of the crocodile boarding the ship. So hopefully, boys, this next chapter is <laughs> finally... I mean, I say this every week. Meanwhile. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Meanwhile. Meanwhile, I'm going to leave. Tiger oh. Lily is off with her braves <laughs> in the forest and trying to rebuild their lives or something. And you're like, oh. Wendy's going to go, Wendy's going to go, wait, I've got another story. <laughs> <laughs> John and Michael went to Kensington. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just somebody stab somebody. Gee. Yeah. <laughs> it's taking forever to get there. But here we go. I, I don't think he can weasel out of this fight any longer because we've got three chapters left now. So this surely has to be it. And this chapter's cool. It's got this time in it. So surely this chapter is yeah. the time. Right. So we jump in. Yeah. Chapter 15. Hook or me this time. Odd things happen to all of us on our way through life without noticing for a time that they have happened. Thus, to take an instance, we suddenly discover that we have been deaf in one ear for we don't know how long, but say half an hour. Now, such an experience had come that night to Peter. 
When last we saw him, he was stealing across the island with one finger to his lips and his dagger at the ready. Wait, he's stealing across the island like that? Shh! That doesn't make you quiet. Himself. He was <laughs> doing the classic shush manoeuvre. He has to give himself a pep talk. Is it one of those things like with a, with a kid where they go, well, if I can't see you, then yeah. I must be invisible. <laughs> so it's like, well, if I do this, then I must be silent. <laughs> if I'm doing the shush thing, nobody can hear me. <laughs> it's very Elmer Fudd, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> We've got to be very, very quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well we should have done peter pan like that oh well next time <laughs> he had seen the crocodile pass by without noticing anything peculiar about it but by and by he remembered that it had not been ticking at first he thought this eerie but soon concluded rightly that the clock had run down oh <gasps> that's so meta yeah, well, remember Smee said in the earlier chapter that when the clock runs out, Hook, the crocodile's going to get you. Do you remember? That was true. like the first time we met Smee and Hook when they were chatting. So is this, is this all of the ducks finally getting in a row for this fun mm. finale? Woohoo! Crocodiles eat ducks. <laughs> <laughs> Without giving a thought to what might be the feelings of a fellow creature thus abruptly deprived of its closest companion... Peter began to consider how he could turn the catastrophe to his own use, and he decided to tick, so that wild beasts should believe he was the crocodile and let him pass unmolested. I don't like this particular use of the word unmolested. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, changed, but like, that's got the wrong connotation. I don't think I like any use of the word molested. It's never no, normally a good no, thing when you no, see the well, word no, molested yeah. in a sentence. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I was molested as a surprise for my birthday. Yeah, no, no, nothing good ever comes from being molested. <laughs> he ticked superbly, but with one unforeseen result. The crocodile was among those who heard the sound, and it followed him, though whether with the purpose of regaining what it had lost or merely as a friend, under the belief that it was again ticking itself, will never been certainly known. For like slaves to a fixed idea, it was a stupid beast. Peter reached the shore without mishap, and went straight on, his legs encountering the water, as if quite unaware that they had entered a new element. Thus many animals pass from land to water, but no other human of whom I know. As he swam, he had but one thought, hook or me this time. He had ticked so long that he now went on ticking without knowing that he was doing it. Had he known that, he would have stopped, for to board the brig by help of the tick, though an ingenious idea, had not occurred to him. On the contrary, he thought he had scaled her side as noiseless as a mouse, and he was amazed to see the pirates cowering from him with Hook in their midst, as abject as if he had heard the crocodile. Oh, so we thought that it was intentional, that he was actually doing it in order to kind of strike yeah. fear into them before he attacked. Turns out it was a complete accident. We gave him too much credit. Well, he sort of started doing it to get through the island yeah. unarmed and then he just was, forgot about he, it. He was doing it for his TikTok cha- oh. uh, channel. <laughs> <laughs> the crocodile. No sooner did Peter remember it than he heard the ticking. At first he thought the sound did come from the crocodile, and he looked behind him swiftly. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. He's not he's a bit short of a Yeah, when he said it was a it. stupid creature, was he talking about Peter Pan or was he talking about the crocodile? <laughs> then he realized that he was doing it himself, 
and in a flash he understood the situation. <laughs> How clever of me, he thought at once, and I mean, signed it took to him the long boys. Enough. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't, don't give yourself too much credit. Mate. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> and signed to the boys not to burst into applause. <laughs> The ego. He's the such. Ego. He's so full Don't of himself. Don't clap. Don't clap. <laughs> <laughs> also, how stupid are the boys? It's like you see your leader trying to sneak onto the ship to rescue you, and your immediate, yeah. your first thing that you think of is to go. Well done, Peter. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. It was at this moment that Ed Taint, the quartermaster, emerged from the forecastle and came along the deck. Now, reader, time what happened by your watch. Peter struck true and deep. John clapped his hands on the ill-fated pirate's mouth to stifle the dying groan. He fell forward. Four boys caught him to prevent the thud. Peter gave the signal, and the carrion was cast overboard. There was a splash and then silence. How long has it taken? One, slightly had begun to count. Oh wow, they're counting off the bodies as they go. None too soon, Peter, every inch of him on tiptoe, vanished into the cabin, for more than one pirate was screwing up his courage to look round. They could hear each other's distressed breathing now, which showed them that the more terrible sound had passed. It's gone, Captain! Smee said, wiping off his spectacles. All still again. Slowly, Hook let his head emerge from his ruff and listened so intently that he could have caught the echo of the tick. There was not a sound, and he drew himself up firmly to his full height. Then here's to Johnny Plank, he cried brazenly, hating the boys more than ever because they had seen him unbend. He broke into the villainous ditty. Oh, he sings a little song. Yes, it's like a little shanty song. If he's if if he speaks like that, can it be to the tune of Buffalo Soldiers? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, I can try. I think sometimes sometimes you expect too much of my pop culture knowledge, but I, I can Buffalo I can try. That's all I know of it. That's all I know. We we can do that if you want. <laughs> we'll be the whalers. Okay. I'll try. Yeah. It's, 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 it's only short, but I'll I'll give it a whirl. Okay. Yo ho, yo ho, the frisky plank. You walks along it so oh till it goes down and you goes down to David Jones below. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I just say my chair broke the moment you started doing that? Oh no, you got too enthusiastic. I think that's the number one, Josh. I love it. That's straight to the album, I think. Straight to the uh, <laughs> Lazy right. Book Club album. Yeah. Yeah. To terrorise the prisoners the more, though with a certain loss of dignity, he danced along an imaginary plank, grimacing at them as he sang. And when he finished, he cried, Do you want a touch of the cat o' nine tails before you walk the plank? At that, they fell on their knees. No, no, they cried so piteously that every pirate smiled. Fetch the cat, jukes, said Hook. 
It's in the cabin. The cabin. Peter was in the cabin. The children gazed at each other. Oi, oi, said Jukes blithely, and he strode into the cabin. They followed him with their eyes. They scarce knew that Hook had resumed his song, his dogs joining in with him. Yo, 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 the scratching cat. It's tail as a nine, you know, oh. And when you're it upon your back. What was the last line will never be known. For of a sudden the song was stayed by a dreadful screech from the cabin. It wailed through the ship and died away. Then was heard a crowing sound which was well understood by the boys, but to the pirates was almost more eerie than the screech. What was that? cried Hook. Two, said slightly, solemnly. This is quite born identity. I'm enjoying this. It's like, you know, the pirates don't know what's going on and just people just ending up dead and they're like, it's like the ultimate heist. Yeah, Yeah, the assassins just picking them off one by one. Sassy assassin. (laughs) (laughs) The Italian Kecho hesitated for a moment and then swung into the cabin. He tottered out, haggard. What's the matter with your bill jukes, your dog? hissed Hook, towering over him. Oh, and then Kecho replies, Buongiorno. <laughs> do, we do, do I just do an Italian? He's yeah, Italian. he says he's Italian. Do it Italian. Okay. okay. The matter with him is he's dead, stabbed. <laughs> right. I'm having Dutch's flashbacks and I love it. Yay. <laughs> Replied Kecho in a hollow voice. Bill Jukes dead, cried the startled pirates. The cabin's as black as a pit. Ketcho said, almost gibbering. But there is something terrible in there. The thing you heard crowing. The exultation of the boys, the lowering look of the pirates, both were seen by Hook. Ketcho, he said in his most steely voice, go back and fetch me out that doodle-doo. <laughs> Is he just made something up? He's just undermined He's his just whole called thing. the creature a doodle do because it's yeah. cock a doodle do. <laughs> it's a simpleton. Like, what, what? Oh, what a beautiful bark. <laughs> bark, bark. <laughs> a meow, meow. If someone's going to try and be really, uh, you know, really, really, really stern and scary and, and steely with their voice, <laughs> they shouldn't then come out with doodle do. Yeah. I just love the idea of calling animals by what they make, like the noise they make. It's great. <laughs> but would there be arguments yeah. with the, yeah. with people from different countries? There would be <laughs> like, yeah. like, oh, what's the? Can, can you get me the chicory D? And the Italian guy's like, what? That's what is it? What do Italians say that chickens, uh, roosters' noise make? We say cockadoodle D, but like they say different things, don't they? And like yeah, Spain or Italy, yeah. Oh. yeah if you ask people from like Eastern Europe what, what noise uh, sheep makes, they don't say bar, they say something else. Shall I look oh. and see what Italians say, uh, what roosters make? That's hilarious. Italian rooster sound. I hope it's something I, amazing. I was wondering if it, is it because like animals in different countries have different accents? <laughs> Maybe. I know cows have regional accents. No, I think, I think it's just because people use the, the sounds that are available in their language and so people will come to right, different conclusions okay. about the onomatopoeic quality of different words. Because, I mean, a, a dog doesn't really say woof. We've just decided that's the closest no. noise we they can say, make. Okay, so Italians say that roosters say chicherichi. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so the Italians go, go and fetch the 
the cockle doodle do. He gets like a mouse or something. Chicory chi. That doesn't. That's not. What was that? The chicory chi. Yeah, it says chicory. It's like C double H I R. It sounds like a Pokemon. C H I C C H I R I C H I. I had no idea that this was sure. a thing that different different yeah, countries so like, think that animals have different noises. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. So they say that frogs say crack crack. Uh, uh, they they say that mice say squit squit. Uh, <laughs> and they say that tur- turkeys say glue glue. <laughs> See, in in a lot of ways, these all make sense. They're just slightly different, you know, interpretations. That's so funny. Oh, I could look at these all day. <laughs> we got a podcast to do, put it away. <laughs> anyway. Kecho, bravest of the brave, cowered before his captain, saying, No, no. But Hook was purring to his claw. Did you say you would go, Kecho? He said musingly. Kecho went, first flinging his arms despairingly. He's had a sulk on the way off. He's like, fuck! (laughs) (laughs) Never get to do what I want to (laughs) do. You guys suck. (laughs) There was no more singing. All listened now. And again came a death screech. And again a crow. No one spoke except slightly. Three. Three, he said. (laughs) Well, Well guessed. Hook rallied his dogs with a gesture. Death and odds fish, he thundered. Who is to bring me that doodle do? Wait till Ketcho comes out, growled Starkey, and the others took up the cry. I think I heard you volunteer, Starkey, said Hook, purring again. Now, by thunder, Starkey cried. My hook thinks you did said hook crossing to him i wonder if it would not be advisable starkey to humor the hook i'll swing before i go in there replied starkey doggedly and again he had the support of the crew is this mutiny asked hook more pleasantly than ever starkey's ringleader captain mercy Starkey whimpered, all of a tremble now. Shake hands, Starkey, said Hook, proffering his claw. Starkey looked round for help, but all deserted him. As he backed up, Hook advanced, and now the red spark was in his eye. With a despairing scream, the pirate leapt upon Long Tom and precipitated himself into the sea. Four, said slightly. And now, Hook said courteously, did any other gentleman say mutiny? Seizing a lantern and raising his claw with a menacing gesture, I'll bring out that doodle-doo myself, (laughs) he said, and sped into the cabin. Five. How slightly longed to say it. He wetted his lips to be ready, but Hook came staggering out without his lantern. Something blew out the light, he said a little unsteadily. Something, echoed Mullins. What of Ketcho? demanded Noodler. He's as dead as Jukes, said Hook shortly. 
His reluctance to return to the cabin impressed them all unfavourably, and the mutinous sounds again broke forth. All pirates are superstitious, and Cookson cried, They do say the surest sign a ship's accursed is when there's one on board more that can be accounted for. I've heard, muttered Mullins, he always boards the pirate craft last. Had he a tail, Captain? They say, said another, looking viciously at Hook, that when it comes, it's like in the likeness of the wickedest man aboard. Had he a, a hook, Captain? asked Cookson insolently, and one after another took up the cry, The ship's doomed! At this, the children could not resist raising a cheer. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> that was thank you for that i really need to okay, it added some atmosphere <laughs> hook had well nigh forgotten his prisoners but as he swung round on them now his face lit up again lads he cried to his crew now here's a notion open the cabin door and drive them in let them fight the doodle do for their lives if they kill him we're so much the better. If he kills them, we're none the worse. So they have no idea what is in there at all, do they? They really don't. He's basically just giving Peter Pan his crew back. For the last time, his dogs admired Hook, and devotedly they did his bidding. The boys, pretending to struggle, were pushed into the cabin, and the door was closed on them. Now listen, cried Hook, and all listened but not one dared to face the door. Yes, one, Wendy, who all this time had been bound to the mast. It was for neither a scream nor a crow that she was watching. It was for the reappearance of Peter. She had not long to wait. In the cabin, he had found the thing for which he had gone in search, the key that would free the children of their manacles, and now they all stole forth, armed with such weapons as they could find. First signing them to hide, Peter cut Wendy's bonds, and then nothing could have been easier than for them all to fly off together. But one thing barred the way, an oath, hook or me this time. So when he had freed Wendy, he whispered for her to conceal herself with the others, and himself took her place by the mast her cloak around him so that he should pass for her. Then he took a great breath and crowed. To the pirates it was a voice crying that all the boys lay slain in the cabin, and they were panic-stricken. Hook tried to hearten them, but like the dogs he had made them, they showed him their fangs, and he knew that if he took his eyes off them now, they would leap at him. Lads! he said, ready to cajole or strike as need be, but never quailing for an instant. I've taught it out. There's a Jonah aboard. Aye, they snarled. A man with a hook. No, lads, no, it's the girl. Never was luck on a pirate ship with a woman aboard. We'll right the ship when she's gone. Some of them remembered that this had been the saying of Flint's. It's worth trying, they said doubtfully. Fling the girl overboard, cried Hook, and they made a rush at the figure in the cloak. 
There's none can save you now, missy, Mullins hissed jeeringly. There's one, replied the figure. Who's that? Peter Pan, the Avenger, came the terrible answer. And as he spoke, Peter flung off his cloak. The first Avenger. The f- he, he's the first Avenger. Way before Captain America. He'd be rubbish alongside Iron Man. <laughs> so true. <laughs> be like, Peter, we need to stop Thanos. he'd just be like oh how clever am i give me a round of applause (laughs) yeah it's true tony stark would have a run for his money with ego there they're in in the bit they're in the big ship with um shield they're like peter what can you do i can imitate a clock (laughs) (laughs) oh we were thinking like can you turn into anything i can survive on imaginary food cool story bro (laughs) Then they all knew who twas that had been undoing them in the cabin, and twice Hook essayed to speak, and twice he failed. In that frightful moment, I think his fierce heart broke. At last he cried, Cleave him unto the brisket! But without conviction. Down, boys, and at em! Peter's voice rang out, and in another moment the clash of arms was resounding through the ship, Had the pirates kept together, it is certain that they would have won. But the onset came when they were still unstrung, and they ran hither and thither, striking wildly, each thinking himself the last survivor of the crew. Man to man they were the stronger, but they fought on the defensive only, which enabled the boys to hunt in pairs and choose their quarry. Some of the miscreants leapt into the sea, others hid in dark recesses, where they were found by Slightly, who did not fight, but ran about with a lantern which he flashed in their faces so that they, <laughs> so that they were half-blinded. That would be me. And fell as an easy prey to the reeking swords of the other boys. There was little sound to be heard but the clang of weapons, an occasional screech or splash, and slightly, monotonously counting. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I think all were gone when a group of savage boys surrounded Hook, who seemed to have a charmed life, as he kept them at bay in that circle of fire. They had done for his they had done for his dogs, but this man alone seemed to be a match for them all. Again and again they closed upon him, and again and again he hewed a clear space. He had lifted up one boy with his hook, and was using him as a buckler shield. (laughs) When another, who had just passed his sword through Mullins, sprang into the fray. Put up your swords, boys, cried the newcomer. This man is mine. Thus suddenly Hook found himself face to face with Peter. The others drew back and formed a ring around them. For long the two enemies looked at one another, Hook shuddering slightly, and Peter with the strange smile upon his face. So, Pan, said Hook at last, this is all you're doing. I, James Hook, came the stern answer. It is all my doing. Proud and insolent youth, said Hook, prepare to meet thy doom. Dark and sinister man, Peter answered. Have at thee. Without more words they fell to, 
and for a space there was no advantage to either blade. Peter was a superb swordsman, and parried with dazzling rapidity. Ever and anon he followed up a feint with a lunge that got past his foe's defence, but his shorter reach stood him in ill stead, and he could not drive the steel home. Hook, scarcely his inferior in brilliancy, was not quite so nimble in wrist play, forced him back by the weight of his onset, hoping suddenly to end all with a favourite thrust taught him long ago by barbecue at Rio. But to his astonishment, he found his thrust turned aside again and again. Then he sought to close and give the quietus with his iron hook, which all this time had been pawing the air, but Peter doubled under it and, lunging fiercely, pierced him in the ribs. Mm. Stab. It's the hook's dramatic. been stabbed. In the ribs, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Can I just the- say I'm really, really happy right now. <laughs> Are you enjoying this drama? I'm just enjoying the fact that there's been like six yeah. sentences of action. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>! <laughs> in 15 chapters. <laughs> I'm listening very intently that I just forget to react. Oh, that's yeah. okay. I mean, you know, yeah, it's fine. We don't want normally, I'm just, that. normally if it's like they're just in the camp, I'm just waiting for something stupid to happen. Yeah, and right now I'm just invested. <laughs> oh, it's a sign of good writing when I'm allowed to speak for more than... Uh, yeah, yeah Josh is on tent to hook sometimes. He's like, oh God, how, how far am I going to get something? before they say something? <laughs> At the sight of his own blood whose peculiar colour, you remember, was offensive to him. The sword fell from Hook's hand, and he was at Peter's mercy. Now! cried all the boys. But with a magnificent gesture, Peter invited his opponent to pick up his sword. Hook did so instantly, but with a tragic feeling that Peter was showing good form. Hitherto, he had thought it was some fiend fighting him, but darker suspicions assailed him now. Pan, who and what art thou? He cried huskily. I'm youth, I'm joy, Peter answered at a venture. I'm the little bird that has broken out of the egg. This, of course, was nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) I love Jane Barry just slagging up. I'm glad someone said it. (laughs) (laughs) What I have just written is, of course, nonsense. Nonsense. But it was proof to the unhappy Hook that Peter did not know in the least who or what he was, which is the very pinnacle of good form. Toot again, he cried despairingly. He fought now like a human flail, and every sweep of that terrible sword would have severed in twain any man or boy who obstructed it. But Peter fluttered round him as if the very wind it made blew him out of the danger zone. And again and again he darted in and pricked. Hook was fighting now without hope. That passionate breast no longer asked for life, but for one boon it craved to see Peter show bad form before it was cold forever. Abandoning the fight, he rushed into the powder magazine and fired it. In two minutes, he cried, the ship will be blown to pieces. Now, now, he thought true form will show. But Peter issued from the powder magazine with the shell in his hands and calmly flung it overboard. What sort of form was Hook himself showing? Misguided man though he was, we may be glad, without sympathising with him, that in the end he was true to the traditions of his race. 
The other boys were flying around him now, flouting, scornful, and he staggered about the deck, striking up at them impotently. His mind was no longer with them. It was slouching in the playing fields of long ago, or being sent up to the headmaster for good, or watching the wall game from a famous wall. And his shoes were right, and his waistcoat was right, and his tie was right, and his socks were right. And his pants were right. Limey, <laughs> <laughs> like, let it go. <laughs> I think this is just to point out the superficial things that he's like concerned about. Yeah. Like in this Je- situation where you're fighting for your life and you're surrounded by enemies, you shouldn't really be worried about what your socks look like. Very true. And it's, it's obviously like it's one of those flashback moments where he sees himself in like back in this in his heyday when he was at boarding school. His life's flashing before his eyes. Yeah, it's a bit of that. A bit sad that those are the bits that are flashing. It's like, dude, you're a pirate in an imaginary land. Yeah, not the big battles. Yeah. He's he's got amazing stories. Not him killing barbecue or... I'm going to go back to my school uniform. Oh, do you remember that time he got sent to the principal? That was terrifying. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I was really scared. Not the person that was nearly killing me. (laughs) What a loser. (laughs) James Hook. Thou not wholly unheroic figure, farewell, for we have come to his last moment. Seeing Peter slowly advancing upon him through the air with dagger poised, he sprang upon the bullocks and cast himself into the sea. He did not know that the crocodile was waiting for him, for we purposely stopped the clock that this knowledge might be spared him a little mark of respect from us at the end. He had one last triumph, which I think we need not grudge him, as he stood on the bullock, looking over his shoulder at Peter gliding through the air, he invited him with a gesture to use his foot. It made Peter kick instead of stab. At last, Hook had got the boon for which he craved. Bad form, he cried jeeringly and went content to the crocodile. Thus perished James Hook. Seventeen, slightly sang out, but he was not quite correct in his figures. Fifteen paid the penalty for their crimes that night, but two reached the shore, Starkey to be captured by the Redskins, who made him nurse for all their papooses, a melancholy come-down for a pirate, and Smee, who henceforth wandered about the world in his spectacles, making a precarious living by saying he was the only man that James Hook had feared. Oh, when you said making a precarious living, I was really hoping the sewing machine was going to come back (laughs) into play. (laughs) He started an Etsy. Making baby clothes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wendy, of course, had stood by taking no part in the fight, though watching Peter with glistening eyes. But now that all was over she became prominent again. She praised them equally, and shuddered delightfully when Michael showed her the place where he had killed one, and then she took them into Hook's cabin and pointed to his watch, which was hanging on a nail. It said, half-past one. The lateness of the hour was almost the biggest thing of all. She got them to bed in the pirates' bunks pretty quickly, you may be sure, all but Peter, who strutted up and down on the deck, until at last he fell asleep by the side of Long Tom. 
he had one of his dreams that night, and cried in his sleep for a long time, and Wendy held him tightly. End of chapter. Well, at least there was finally some action there. Loads. Yes. I mean, it was I enjoyed good. that. I Although I'm it. quite upset that Captain Hook's dead. He was probably my favourite character in this. I thought they were going to make him walk the plank. He sort of jumped off of his own accord, didn't he? Yeah. Could we also just say that no one flagged up the fact that the plank had a first name? Johnny Plank. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a derogatory <laughs> nickname for someone at school. Why? <laughs> Why did the plank have a first name? Everything's got a name on a plank. They like ship. they like dressed it up. Like, <laughs> what do you think, Johnny? It reminded me of Ed, Ed, and Eddie, where the little kid has a friend, an imaginary friend called Plank, and it's just a plank of wood with a face drawn on it. And I'm <laughs> imagining like, that now. They humanise different bits of furniture, like they got a mop with like a face, and it's like Sharon mop. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, the climax of Peter Pan. Um. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. No, but I mean, it was literally like, this was quite an exciting, high energy, high tension moment where like Peter's just yeah. picking them off one by one and the boys know what's going on and they're counting off the pirates as he's killing them. And the pirates are just like freaking out because they don't know what's going on. There's they a doodle do loose on the ship. No, yeah, I liked it. I think, I think um, it was framed really, really well as the yeah. character in that like it, there was, you know, there was this mysterious cabin where something was going on and all you heard was eerie, scary noises. And it was that classic trope of being more scared of it because you don't know what it is. Yeah. And then the fact that they went in one by one just built the tension until the point yeah. where Hook had to go in by himself. And then yeah, I thought it built really, really well. Yeah. So the monster you never see. It's yeah. always more terrifying than the one you do. That's why. That's that's the point when they ruined Cloverfield. When they, all of a sudden you just saw it, and I was like, no, I don't care anymore. Oh, enough. straight away. Yeah, you see it quite early, don't you? The big monster yeah. over the city. Yeah. Whereas in in Blair Witch, you don't see it the whole way, and it's terrifying. So I'm looking through lit charts on this one. Lit charts. Lit charts. Lit charts. Lit charts. I'm changing every week now. I like that. So. The uh, analysis on this has picked out a few moments. So, you know, with all the pirates, when they go into the cabin, Peter's just killing them as they come in. Mm. With the exception of one, which was Hook. When Hook goes into the cabin, he just blows his light out and then kicks him out. He doesn't kill him in the dark. Which is obviously a conscious choice on his Yeah, part. he wouldn't yes. want it to go that way. He wants it to be in the public, everyone yeah. there circled around him because that's how he's like envisaged it. He probably did want to make a spectacle of him. Oh, Lit gotcha. Charts goes down the road of maybe it being linked to Peter's idea of fairness again. Yeah. And saying that Peter has no qualms about murdering any number of pirates in the dark, but he spares Hook because the dark gives him an unfair advantage. And I think that there's this clash of egos where it's like, I want to prove that I beat you fair and square because I'm better than yeah. you. Rather than using any kind of trickery or advantage to kind of beat each other. But then there's the arrogance because obviously it's still unfair on the pirates that he's doing that to. Yeah, no, it's so the, true. So the fairness only applies if you're the right status. Yes, but ultimately, I guess, I guess the the thought is we know that the you know the lost boys can can overpower the pirates in 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 the right way. So they they almost kind of like uh, balance each other out or, or take each other out of the equation. So ultimately, it was always going to come down to Peter versus Hook. So that yeah. was the bit they wanted to be like. There, there can be no question throughout history that. You know, it happened in the way that it happened and the victor was the victor. Yeah. That kind of thing, you know. And it kind of had to be that way because of the way that the, their relationship had been set up through the whole book. Mm. 
as you said, we kind of use this analogy quite a lot, but it is the Harry Potter Voldemort moment. Like Harry Potter had to be the one who defeated him because of their entangled lives mm. all the way from the beginning of the series. Yeah. If Dumbledore had just turned around and avarded him, it would have been like, well, that was... Avarded him. Anticlimactic. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> uh, the supposed lawlessness of the pirate ship mimics the structures and habits of authoritarian nations. When the leader of a country becomes unpopular and the country is in some sort of deep trouble, the leader will often deflect the people's anger onto an innocent third party, a scapegoat. Here the scapegoat is Wendy. And this is obviously talking about Hook addressing the mutiny that was brewing and directing that mutiny and that anger towards Wendy, which was now Peter because he was taking the cloak. But that's quite depressing, isn't it? Because there's quite a few countries right now where you're looking going, yeah, there's definitely a a man at the top just trying to direct anger or just anywhere apart from at himself in order to keep control. Every single listener's eyebrows are raised in. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Thinking, hmm, that sounds familiar. Yes, it definitely does. Do you think Jay and Barry actually had realised the sort of metaphor and relevance of this sort of image that he created a hundred years ago? I guess it was. He probably wasn't making the distinction between the pirate ship and countries. He was probably just making the thing of like, if you are a dictator, you have to rely on scapegoats or you have to rely on controlling the emotions of the people that you lead in order to make sure you channel it to your advantage and in the best way that works out for you still being on top. But isn't it sad that it, that it does resonate just as much with us today? Oh, yeah. And in, in countries which aren't meant to be dictatorships either. Yeah. I'm guessing what's going to be happening over the next two chapters is just placing the darling kids back where they came from now. I feel like there's going to be a because, Wizard of Oz moment of, you know, yeah. like, I love you. I'm going to miss you too. And I'm going to miss you yeah. most of all. And yeah, gonna I go, think that's exactly what's going to happen. And they're happen. all going to go, what? <laughs> so do we think now is an opportune moment to play my favourite feature of, of, of the podcast? Guess what the next chapter's called? Bam, 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 bam. any thoughts chapter Um, 16 it's gonna be called the long goodbye oh lovely Ah, was that close i I mean i'm 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 waiting for a second guess from you before you otherwise you've got an unfair advantage oh i see i was hoping to use your reaction to kind of gauge mine that's bad form bad form but i don't care as long as i win (laughs) (laughs) i i believe that of you matt to be fair, before you said anything, I was going to go with something like the flying pirate ship, just because I think that's what happens at the end of the Disney movie. Tinkerbell turns the ship gold and then they fly home. Um, but I'm probably well, way off because the reaction you had to David's, I think it's probably more likely something to do with bye. No, it, it's, 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 it's got a sense of finality and you, it makes sense. We've come to the end of our action and now we're sort of wrapping things up. But chapter 16 is called The Return Home. Oh, okay. So somewhere between the two. Somewhere between the two. I'm saying that. Mine was nowhere near. <laughs> <laughs> Flying pirate gold. Say, to be fair, it doesn't infer that they say goodbye. I wouldn't be surprised. They just left. They're all social pass. So if you have any opinions or comments on this chapter, you can message us on thelazybookclub at gmail.com. Or you can click that little blue bird on your phone, the one that says Twitter. We're at Lazy Book Club Pod on that. Or you can click on the little one that, that looks like a little camera with a little uh, colourful, purpley, at Lazy Book Club. Oh. <laughs> Instagram. Uh, 
It was Instagram, by the way. I couldn't even. <laughs> I didn't like the new Instagram logo when they changed it. It used to be a really cool retro looking Polaroid yeah, the camera little brown when it first Polaroid. came out. Yeah, like it was that. so much better. And now Facebook have bought it and ruined it as they ruin everything. Yeah. As I said last week, we've changed our hosting over to Anchor. So you can actually now send us a voice message through Anchor about what you thought. And if it's good enough, I can edit it and put it into the podcast. All right. Be part of the team. So send us a little voice message and have a little radio voice feature with us next week. You'll be famous. Yeah. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) Thank you for joining us and we will see you next week for chapter 16.